right, so episode 46 with Allie Gilbert's about to start, and man, is she smart when it comes to hormones and how the body functions. So we're going to step into this episode, and you're going to learn a lot about hormones, what men should be doing, what men should be testing, especially testosterone levels, and we're going to jump all over the place about nutrition, lifestyle, uh, training executives, and just really good stuff overall in this whole episode. So sit tight, we're about to start. And again, check out the website, cuttheshitgetfit.com. Follow me on social media, share this podcast, and I will be greatly, greatly appreciative if you did that. All right, let's get this thing going. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and joining me is the wonderful Allie Gilbert. Say hello. Hi, guys. So to break the ice for the audience, can you tell them what you're doing this weekend? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm actually working on PowerPoints all day Sunday. It's so exciting. (laughs) Awesome. What presentation are you working on? Um, I've got a military seminar I'm presenting at in two weeks in Dallas and then perform better for Providence in June. So I have to send the slides in early. So I just wanted to, um, tweak them and refine them and get them ready. Awesome. I'm sure you're going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. I just like to over prepare, you know, and just spend weekends in an office on a computer. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, So can you tell the audience now who you are, what you do, and how did you get into this industry? Sure. Um, So I uh, went to Springfield College and majored in exercise science. And I won't tell you what year, but it was a long time ago. And uh, um, basically, I, I work with golfers now. And through golf fitness, that kind of segued into specializing in men's physiology and men's hormones. And right now I work out of a health club in New York called Clay. And I also have an online business called Metabolic Golf, where I do online consulting and training. And I'm also a partner in a diagnostic sports lab called Greenwich Diagnostic Sports Labs. And we do uh, hormone testing and genetic testing and everything that helps you lead an optimal optimal lifestyle versus being a sick person. Awesome. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I have my hands, you know, in a lot of things and I'm pretty busy with it all, but I love it. It's a blast. How did you get in golf in the first place? Uh, you know, I started training more golfers because where I'm from, Greenwich, Connecticut, we have nine country clubs in this town alone. So wow. working with more and more golfers, yeah, I was like, you know, I should probably learn more about this sport and uh, found TPI online and then went through all their certifications. And that was back in 2008. And that's kind of like what I stuck with as a niche because it's uh, it was kind of new then and, you know, still is a topic that gets discussed often with golf fitness. So that's kind of how I found that. And, you know, I knew what I wanted to train athletes and that's a way that you can niche in training athletes that can afford training and usually stick with it. Awesome. So when you started training golfers, did you notice like this, this is just from, from experience. Cause I trained a couple of golfers myself and I found their movement quality was so poor. And I was like, man, we have a lot to work on. Did you notice that too? <laughs> You know, yes, it's either that or the opposite spectrum where you get people who've never strength trained because that wasn't a thing that they were supposed to do. 
and you're able to mold them and you don't have to really have them unlearn stuff. But um, especially kids nowadays, just in general anyway, you know, don't have the best movement quality. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I see both sides, though. Yeah, it was, it was interesting training golfers for the first time because, you know, I've had a handful where they're really, really good, and I'm like, oh, these are going to be, like, great athletes, and then you get them to squat, and they just fall apart like a melted candle, and you're like, man, we have a lot of work. <laughs> like, And then in your head, you're like, oh, man, you could get so much better. Like, your golf game could even get better just by, like, showing up one day a week <laughs> here at the gym. I know. I know. The guys who are honestly, you know, athletes in other realms usually produce the best golfers if they're athletes first and guys like I have a lot of guys who played baseball and football as well and, and they're amazing um but guys who just played straight golf and that's really all they did and have zero athleticism and motor skills then that's a whole other animal yeah but it looks like golf now is changing a lot there where all the pros are actually having not necessarily a TPI coach but an actual strength coach to actually get them stronger and now they're popping up on Men's Health magazine, and that never happened before in golf, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And it really helps, you know, for uh, driving business and stuff. Um, so I was going to ask, like, when you first got into just men's health, like, way back when, did you ever have, like, a tough time convincing dudes because you're a woman that, hey, you should listen to me because I know what I'm doing? <laughs> um, you know, it's funny you say that because uh, – it did cross my mind, but it never seemed to be an issue. And I think, you know, a lot of my guys will listen to their wives about what to eat and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, there is a handful that would rather hear stuff from a guy, but I've never been told that I've also, you know, been told, okay, coming from a woman, it's a unique perspective. Um, so it's not something that I think about or that, you know, makes me hesitate with anything. I just, offer advice and confidence and, you know, I know what I know and I know what I don't know. So, um, it's, it's more of when I have to talk to them about sensitive subjects that are more intimate, I guess, that they're surprised that I crossed that line, I guess, but you know, then they become comfortable with me because they realize it's not something that I take as a joke. It's something that I can talk to them about, you know, normally. And, you know, I'm kind of like a, I'm a bro, I guess you would say. So, you know, they feel comfortable talking about that stuff with me. Oh, that's awesome. Because I know, like, a lot of guys, especially because I would say 90% of my clientele are all, like, middle-aged moms. And yeah. And it takes forever for their husbands to finally come in. And I've actually, like, thought about this. It takes, mm -hmm. on average, three years if I'm training a woman for her husband to finally come into the gym where he's like, okay, fine. I'll go listen to your trainer. Right. Right. And, and I always wonder like, is it like an ego thing or like they're on some sort of high horse that like, Oh, my health is fine. Don't worry about me type of thing. Did you ever experience something like that? Um, yes. You know, cause I think being a different female voice other than somebody's parent or wife also provides some merit. Um, and then when it comes to their health, I basically just give them facts and state the obvious with them. So, you know, a lot of my clientele, especially they're, you know, high stress CEOs, they're used to being in charge. So they're used to telling other people what to do. And when I flip the switch on them or flip the role and I'm telling them, because I have a, 
a skill they, that, that they don't have. I know something they don't know. So when I tell them, you know, this is what you need to do to achieve X and this is how it's going to be and this is what's going to happen, I think they respect that versus me saying, you know what, you're right. I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. Now, I was going to ask, like, with your CEO clients, like, I have a couple, and I think the toughest thing is that they're always kind of on the go, meeting to meeting, things pop up, and then they're like, oh, shit, I have to go to the gym. I missed it. Like, how do you keep people like that on track to make sure they're showing up to the gym or getting their workouts in or even eating? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right with that. Um, so with my guys, the ones who travel, I provide them travel workouts and I say, listen, just, just give 15 minutes. That's all I'm asking. And if it becomes a sleep quality thing or they're feeling really shitty, I said, just skip it. I'd rather you get quality sleep, eat well, recover and use the travel time as recovery time. And then we'll hit it hard when you get back. Um, I have them text me. I always check in on them, you know, and I get them in healthy habits where, you know, they're eating certain protein bars, they're taking shakes with them, they're traveling with food hacks, so to speak. So um, keeping them in schedule with that is huge. And then getting them to understand how sleep really affects them and what they should be eating when they go out to dinner and what they should be drinking and, you know, getting them structured with that. It takes a little bit of time. It takes some lifestyle tweaking, but usually they're pretty... Um, good with that and compliant and it does help yeah i think sleep is a huge one because like as a business owner it's tough and to turn off and you just like realize oh i've been working 16 hours today how did that happen and i haven't eaten all day and just like getting that extra hour of sleep can go such a long way and i think i was talking to one of my clients who owns his own business i'm like think about if you just got an extra like 15 minutes a night and over a year, how much more sleep you're going to get. And he's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. So -hmm. sometimes, like, just breaking down numbers for them, for me at least, kind of opens their eyes, and they're like, oh, that does make sense. Maybe I should do that. (laughs) Oh, totally, because these are numbers guys. So, you know, what, like, perfect example, one of the things I tell them, 15 minutes a week. Get in bed 15 minutes earlier a week. That's it. Let's go from there. So obviously a lot of it has to do with looking at the phone and dealing with emails and all that stuff. But, you know, you got to pick your battles and pick certain things. All right, let's adhere to this. Do this. They're pretty militant about it and we'll do it. Well, what's your recommendations for when they're traveling for food? Like if they had to go to a restaurant to like chat with clients and things like that, what do you recommend for them? So um, I tell them you can always order vegetables in place of starch because usually they're going to be drinking alcohol. And, um, I actually sent out an email this morning on my metabolic golf site about alcohol and what it does to the physique and how to work around that socially because my guys are going to drink and I'm not going to take it away from them. So when they're out, alcohol has a actual high thermic effect like protein does when, you know, when you drink it, cause it's got seven calories per gram. So you're better off having protein and vegetables and not starch or fat because alcohol gets preferentially metabolized. So it actually can somewhat increase the thermic effect of food if you just keep it protein and vegetables. And then I tell them if you want to avoid drinking, you can get club soda and lime. It masks very well as a drink and people still think you're being social. And if it's a personality problem, then that's that's on you. You're on your own. You really need to get 
a better personality. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Uh, um, So that's how they navigate, you know, the restaurant menu. And then as far as traveling with food, usually epic bars, um, different protein bars that uh, I'll approve of based on whether they have, you know, food intolerance or something. And then um, packing shakes and sometimes fasting protocols because that tends to work really well with men. So it's really what their lifestyle demands when they're on the road, what they're going to be doing, where they're going, all that stuff. So I usually handle that for them with them. So Yeah, alcohol is a huge one. I remember, I think I might have told this story on my podcast already, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I had one guy <laughs> where he would drink from, I think it was like Monday night up until Thursday night because that's when the kids didn't have sports because it was on the weekends. <laughs> That, that was his, like, that was his oh thing. Oh, my like, God. Whatever, man. And he would come in three days a week, and he was, like, you could smell the booze off, off him. And then, like, yep. some sessions, he'd be like, I don't even know why I'm here. Like, he, he partied like a rock star. So I bet him that if he stopped drinking for a month, that's the only thing I wanted him to change, that he would lose at least five pounds. And he's like, oh, whatever. I'm and then eventually he agreed to it. He ended up losing 15 pounds, and he's like, man, I can't believe I lost so much weight. And I'm like, I know, I told you. And he's like, awesome, I can start drinking again. I'm like, no, (laughs) no. But yeah, like alcohol is sometimes a really big thing for a lot of people that they don't even like know it because it's like just liquid going through your body and you don't feel full and you're like, oh, whatever, it's not going to do anything to me. Yeah, it's mostly too also what people are eating with it and when they're drinking it, that's really the biggest problem. So it's more of a fat burning suppressor than it is a fat store unless you're drinking very sugary stuff, but, um, it can definitely interfere with your endocrine system, which is really more of the problem than the alcohol itself. And even, but yeah, I was going to say like, um, Chris Pratt from the gardens of the galaxy. I remember cause he used to be kind of on the bigger side. And I remember reading an interview of him when he had to prep for the role for the movie. And he's like, the first thing I did was just quit drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, I lost mm-hmm. so much weight from just the doing that. And that's kind of a tough thing for people to even like lower their alcohol intake. So I was going to ask you, how do you kind of approach that topic with people that like, oh, I need to have my two glasses of wine or my six beers a night. <laughs> six, six beers a night. That's, <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's the meeting you might want to go to. <laughs> yeah, <but. laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, so with these guys, obviously I have guys who are at that level and, you know, I say to them, well, what's, what's important to you right now? So is this a habitual thing? You come home and that's what you have. Let's recognize something else. Maybe we can replace that with twice a week. So I don't take them from say they're drinking four days a week to, all right, let's cut that out completely because that's not going to happen. And they're going to feel deprived and go back to whatever they were doing two weeks from now. So all right, let's try to go down to three days a week. And we work our way down. And as they start to feel better, then the buy-in is a little bit easier versus cut this out and just trust me. So they're like, okay, I see it. You know, they start to feel better and their body composition improves. They feel better in the gym, their lifestyle, all that stuff. So, uh, but usually it's just a working the habit type of deal versus cutting cold turkey. Oh, definitely. The other one is like, I find with some clients, it's like almost a thing to do because they're just bored at home. And I, yeah. And I like experimented with one client who like loves to have like a couple beers every single night. I'm like, okay, take your beer out of the fridge. And when you feel like you want one, 
take that warm beer and put it in the fridge and wait for it to cool down, then have it. And if you still want it, then you probably, you can just go for it. But, you know, it takes, what, 20, 30 minutes for it to actually cool down. And by that time, they're like, ah, screw it. I don't want the beer anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a great strategy. Yeah. Little, like, tips like that I like giving to clients because they're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, yeah. And it usually works. But I was going to get into the next question of, like, what's your kind of take on nutrition? Because there's a lot of people in our industry where they're like, you know, calories or macros or paleo or habits. Like, what's your kind of take on that? So I don't... Camps, like the macro camp, the keto camp, the, you know... I'm more of, what does this person like to eat? What works for them? And how can we implement both? Because calories matter hormones matter, especially for fat loss. So you have to take into account both those things. And if you take away what someone likes, they're just going to focus on that more and then end up in a binge cycle. So what I ask people, I don't do meal plans anymore. What do you like to eat? And I help guide them with guidelines of what at certain meals, because some of my guys do amazing with a uh, lower carb diet. And some of my guys work way better with a higher carb diet and everyone's metabolism is unique. So it really, really has to do with finding what works for them and having the patience to do that because your physiology will adapt after a while. And it doesn't take three days to discover what you work, what works best for you. So, you know, it's cliche to say, well, there isn't one best diet because there isn't, it's, you know, some of my guys do great with uh, bulletproof coffee fast and then eat at the end of the day. And then some of them are disaster with it. So, you know, it's, it's figuring out what works best for them and for their lifestyle and what they can tolerate. Yeah. I find um, a lot of people are just looking for a kind of like a blanket statement of like, this is what you need to do. But most of the time it's like, okay, let's look at your history. And yeah, like you said, what you like to eat, because if we take it out, they're just going to obsess about over that thing. And then when they're, you know, at that point, they're like, oh, fuck this. I'm just going to eat it anyway. It just goes yeah. into a downward spiral. <laughs> but um, well, yeah. as humans, we want structure. We want someone to tell us, eat this at this time. And if you eat this in this amount, it's going to work like magic. But that's not sustainable. And that's not me teaching you anything. Sure, you can pay me to write you a meal plan. No problem. It's going to last two weeks. You're going to be bored. So it actually takes effort and work to be in tune with what works for your body and to figure out, you know, what energy source do you, uh, you know, um, what's the word run well on. Definitely. So it, it's effort and not everybody wants to confront that. So when they're actually truly ready to change and make a lifestyle change, it's a lot easier because then it's sustainable for the rest of their lives. It's not a diet with a beginning and end point that they're miserable through. Definitely. What's your um, opinion about like if a client came up to you and be like, hey, I read this two week cleanse or detox diet. What do you think? Should I do it? (laughs) Um, So it's so funny because I actually did a meeting with my trainers about this where you know, back in the day I would be like, Oh my God, that's horrible. And roll my eyes and all that stuff. So 
and now it's more of like, you don't want to make people so invalidated. They don't know what they don't know. You know, they're going to read stuff. They're going to bring it in. They're going to bring it up to you. So it's saying, you know what, if you feel that's something that's going to benefit you, by all means, try it. My opinion is it will do X, Y, Z, you know, from my experience and what I've seen, and then, you know, rattle off what I think about it. And usually they, they trust my opinion because that's why they're asking you about it in the first place. So, Yeah, I'm coming to the same boat because in the past when the client would be like, oh, I'm going to do this diet. And I'll be like, oh, no, 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 don't do that because this is, this is going to happen. And you kind of give them all the facts. But at that point already, when they bring it up, they're already like decided that they're going to go do it. So now... Like I'm looking at it that this is like another opportunity for them to be successful because they are like they took the time to read about this diet. They're like, OK, I'm excited. I want to change my life. So if you're kind of there to guide them in the right direction. So if it's a 30 day cleanse or whatever it is, I ask them, OK, what are we going to do on day 31 to make sure you don't spiral back to what you were doing before? Right. I have a new, a new client I just started with. And, you know, he said, um, he doesn't eat more than 50 grams of carbs a day. And I said, does that include starch or vegetables? And he said, that's just total. And, and I said, awesome. I said, how's that work for you? And he said, well, I lost 70 pounds on that. So am I going to take a stand and say, well, now that you're strength training three days a week, you might want a different energy source. Not, not at all. Do I believe he needs that? Not at all. If it's working for him. Awesome. You know, the advantage I do have is being able to see blood work and see how certain diets and training and people's lifestyles are affected internally. And that's data that is very valuable that I can use and say, you know what, this might not be working anymore. Let's try and switch things over. Or, you know what, your numbers look great. Um, let's just keep monitoring you and progressing. So, you know, if it works for somebody, don't take it away from them and invalidate them. Let them, you know, continue to do what's what they're experiencing success with, unless it's obviously affecting them in a negative way from a health standpoint. But this guy he looks great. He's doing very well. And like I said, I have other guys who would not do well on that type of diet. Have you ever had like a client where they've done multiple, like multiple diets to lose weight and they're kind of like hit a plateau and they might have had like, you know, quote, metabolic damage to their body because they're not losing any more inches or any more weight. Like, have you ever dealt with someone like that? Uh, yes. Um, so metabolic damage, that's a whole nother topic. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that another day. Um, yeah. It's more, okay, so you've tried everything, fine. I'm not going to say you haven't tried everything and make you wrong for it. You know what? Let's try things. If this isn't working for you, then let's try this. Trust me because I've done this with other people. I've, I've seen what it can do. It might work for you. So let's try it this way. Let's get some blood work. Let's see where you stand. You know, maybe something's going on that is causing this great stall in your fat loss. And let's go from there. But also be aware of what's going on in the person's life. Are they stressed? Did they just have a baby? Did they have some life event that happened where, you know, they got laid off or they changed jobs or something else, you know, because some of that stuff can definitely alter what's going on in their, 
in their um, internal system as well. And I think this is what but, we, I was going to say, this, the next question will be right going into hormones because I was going to ask with like the whole stress idea, how much does stress play a role with functioning hormones? A ton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so men 20 to 30 years ago didn't have the low testosterone problems that we see nowadays. And there's a few different reasons why. Number one, we think because the environment is so saturated with estrogens and toxic stuff that it just depletes testosterone a little bit more rapidly than it did back in the day when food quality and other products were a lot more credible. Um, second reason being we're so digitally connected and constantly stimulated that we always have that stress response going where our body doesn't know the difference between we're on because we're running from a bear or because we just saw something on Facebook that really pissed us off and we're sitting in traffic or something else that causes a stress response. So what that does is it depletes nutrients in the body and it also sends that hormonal signal to produce stress hormones, which when we're running from a bear, we don't need to reproduce. So if that's constantly happening, then you're not going to be producing the sex hormones you need to. And, um, where else was I going with this? Cause I tend to go off on tangents and you <laughs> said fine. that was okay. Oh, I love it. Say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so getting back to do this, the testosterone. So Zinc, magnesium, vitamin D, and vitamin B6, those are very heavily depleted nutrients from stress and magnesium actually probably being the most important. And you need that for bodily function. And so seeing how stress can just wreak havoc on, on people and they don't realize it is a big problem because we are so stimulated all the time, like on the phone, on the iPad, on the laptop you know, what's going on. It, it's like, have you ever been bored in, in a while? Like, have you sat on the porch with nothing or just stared at the water? Like literally when's the last time you were bored and couldn't look at your phone? I don't even remember. Like I'm thinking back to like when I was a kid when I went camping and you just like zone out looking at the fire. Like that's probably yeah. the last time that happened to me. Yeah. Like when I was snowboarding in, in a uh, Vancouver, and we had no cell service on the mountain. I'm like, this is awesome. Nobody can talk to me. Nobody can get a hold of me, and I can share all my pictures later. Yeah. You know, and, and we forget how to appreciate that. And I dropped like three pounds when I was gone. So, <laughs> nice. uh, you know, uh, that's another thing, too, is when people go on vacation, they're like, I ate so much and drank so much and I lost weight. I'm like, well, yeah, what was your stress level like? And they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, who was it? Uh, Jesse Nealon. I don't know if you know her, but I remember maybe this was two or three years ago. She did, um, an experiment on herself. I think she like moved towards, I think, um, like Nicaragua, Costa Rica, like out in that direction for like two months to see mm -hmm. an experiment on stress levels and how her body would change. So she would wake up, um, just like naturally no alarm, go to sleep when she felt tired she did her workout every single day, just ate normally, but didn't like connect herself with like any kind of electronics or anything like that. It's just lower stress levels overall. And she did yeah. a before and after photo and she actually leaned out and all she did was take out the stress in her life. And I was like, man, that is amazing. Totally. 
And you know what? Um, Dr. Ben House, who is a guy that you should definitely have in the show, who also is he's a, a doctor who's very um, into the male physiology. He's actually conducted experiments, brought guys down to Costa Rica where he moved from Texas and talks about his lifestyle and how, you know, everything I've been talking about here, and I learn a lot from him, is how much that lifestyle really um, plays a role in body composition and blood work markers and everything. And, and it's amazing. And also the food quality. I mean, you can't eat enough good food in a place that doesn't put crap in it. It just tastes different. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, like um, last week, I was actually on my honeymoon in Jamaica. And I think the only thing I ate in abundance was like a lot of jerk chicken, a lot of jerk fish, and a lot of fruit, along with a lot of alcohol. But when I came back, I'm like, I don't think I gained any weight like, yeah. at all. Because like the, the Wi-Fi signal was so slow. So there was no point of even like going on Facebook or checking emails. It was just like, go to the beach, go to the pool, go eat, go to sleep, and just repeat that for a week. And I was like, yeah, I didn't even gain a pound. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, be a human and watch what happens. Yeah, definitely. Um, how, what do you think, like, with testosterone especially, like, what can guys do to help prevent it from lowering? Because, like, like you said, in our day and age, everyone is constantly stressed out and doing something, and then they try to go to bed to get their eight hours of sleep, and they're just tossing and turning all the time, thinking about what they have to do the next day. Yeah, so living a quote-unquote high testosterone lifestyle is basically, um, first of all, if you're overweight, dropping body fat will be your friend, because the more body fat you have, the more estrogen receptors you have. So you can pretty much guarantee if you're carrying extra body fat, then you've got more estrogen. And if you've got more estrogen, you probably have lower testosterone. So that would be number one. Um, number two would be making sure you're taking in enough calories, not too little, not too much, but adequate intake, which is kind of a broad statement to make, but it goes back to finding out what works for you. Because obviously cutting too harshly will play an effect. And then eating in excess, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, weight training, getting in some intense exercise, also some lower intensity exercise like walking, um, you know, taking in adequate vitamin D, adequate zinc, adequate magnesium, sleep, stuff like that. You know, basically living living a more health lifestyle. So, um, that, yeah, those are really like the basics. Cause I try not to overload people and you can definitely nitpick and get into the science and that's fine. But when it comes to your average person, okay, you have, you know, some body fat to lose. Let's start there. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought up like the zinc and magnesium. Cause I was going to ask like what kind of supplements men should be taking. So if they should be you know, taking more magnesium and zinc, like, does quality matter? Like, where should they be getting it from? Should it be coming from whole foods? Like, things like that. What do you think? So when we, when we, we have a micronutrient test that we'll test people with. And, and you know, basically it's just validating what we know because most people are going to be deficient anyway. Um, but we'll start with food and we'll try to get whole foods. But some people just can't take, take in enough vegetables 
that is needed to get that. So you can definitely supplement and I can with confidence say, yes, zinc, magnesium, you know, vitamin B6, like ZMA at night, which helps people sleep with added magnesium in the form of magnesium glycinate. And I tell people to bowel tolerance is really um, how much to take because sometimes the recommended serving, you know, isn't enough um, because that's, again, a recommended serving for everybody. So it's finding what does your body need. And vitamin D uh, pretty much, I don't think we've had one person come in sufficient with vitamin D, even if they're in the sun a lot. So liquid vitamin D3 drops also taken with a meal that contains fat because it's a fat soluble vitamin, um, eating enough fish with omega threes. So most people have a poor balance of omega three to six. They're eating too many nuts and nut butters and not enough of the healthier oils like macadamia oil, olive oil, um, and getting in uh, coconut oil as well. So again, it's finding what that person needs and works well with. So eating spoonsfuls of peanut butter is not good, eh? <laughs> I, I, I wish. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not saying I don't ever do that, but... <laughs> Sometimes it's the best thing ever. You're like, oh, I need to eat something. Oh, I'm just going to have some peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like for me, for example, I have chronic low cholesterol and... I'm actually genetically predisposed to heart disease, which, all right, does that make sense? Yes, because you know what? Cholesterol is not really the biggest indicator of heart issues or stroke as it once was. It's what type of cholesterol and what type of plaque. So um, I definitely have to monitor my omega-3 to 6 ratio. And that's really the biggest issue with a lot of people is that ratio. And they just don't know because they think, oh, if I eat fat, I'm okay. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, when I had Kamal Patel on the show, that that guy can just like talk for hours about this random stuff about supplements. That's why I love having him on the show. But um, for vitamin D, he was saying that I think if you had to draw an imaginary line across the earth and if you're anywhere above, I think it was San Francisco, you're going to be deficient in vitamin D. And I'm like, oh, damn, Vancouver's not even close to there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you, you, you know, it can't hurt. And obviously, I always tell people, get baselines, get measurements, you know, especially with testosterone. If you're in your 20s and you haven't gotten baseline testosterone levels, get them now. So that was going to be the next question, actually, because you've said, like, a lot of, like, blood work tests and things like that, testosterone tests. Like, if you were to go to your doctor, like, what would you have to ask them for X, Y, and Z for these tests? Like, which ones are, like, the baselines you get done with all your clients? Um. So what I tell people, I, you know, I tell guys, all right, ask for total testosterone, ask for a free testosterone because you need to know both. Um, ask for an estrogen level. You want to get a full thyroid panel and that includes TSH, T4, free T4, free T3, total T3, reverse T3, thyroid antibodies, thyroid binding globulin, because um, most doctors will just do TSH. Um, it's also good to get a sex hormone binding globulin, which if you have a, say your testosterone level is 600 and your free testosterone is 30, then a lot of it's being bound and it's not usable because free testosterone is the actual bioactive usable form of testosterone. 
and that will be bound up by sex hormone binding globulin. Um, obviously, a full cholesterol panel would be would be good. Vitamin D, if they'll measure it. So sometimes there's doctors that won't do it, but I usually will tell people what to get. They'll take a list, and if we end up with half of it, we're lucky. Um, our company obviously does all of that, and we do that every single time somebody needs to get monitored. Yeah, because I remember um, I was just curious to see what my testosterone levels were, and I went to my doctor and told him, like, yeah, this is what I want to get done. And they're like, you're too young to get your testosterone levels checked. We'll do a regular blood test, and if anything's out of whack, then we'll further investigate. I'm like, well, thanks for no help. (laughs) Yeah, that, like, so angers me. Um, And I I just tell people, just get a new doctor, because you literally, you have every right to know what's going on. And and you know what? I've seen guys in their 20s who have test levels of a 90-year-old man. Oh, man. <laughs> so there's, there's literally no reason. And you don't even know what that could be from because we've seen guys who take pre-workouts that have certain testosterone boosters in them that they don't know are testosterone boosters. They stop taking it. It creates a negative feedback loop, and it crashes the system. And then then they take um, you know anabolic steroids, and then they get off of those because it was made in someone's garage, and God knows what was in it. <laughs> Another negative feedback, you know, feedback loop. So- I've seen testosterone levels of 92 and 150 in guys that are 25 years old because of that. So even you don't want to tell your doctor that you experimented fine, but you still have the right to get your baseline because you need to know where it is, because especially if you're having symptoms and you shouldn't be having symptoms, you know, when you're in your 20s. But a lot of people do. I think especially now, even, like, the guys in their 20s that are not the gym rats that have been, like, taking a bunch of supplements and never cycled off them, but the ones that, like, you know, play a lot of video games that are completely inactive, and then they try to, like, go to the gym the one time, and they're so frail that they can't even lift up, like, a 20-pound dumbbell. Yeah. I know, like, with how technology is going today, like, you just do less activity, because I remember when I was a kid... I would still go outside and play all day. And the only reason you go back home is to eat dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Like the lights or the lights would go out. The sun would go. The sun would go out. It's Friday. Can you tell? (laughs) Uh, Like like it would get dark out basically. And, you know, your parents would have to call you in. They wouldn't text you or whatever. But yeah, it's like, you know, in a lot of conventional medicine, they'll give you a DHEA number, which is a great number also to get, but that's kind of the equivalent of just doing TSH, where it's like, oh, your DHA, DHEA is fine, you know, that must mean your testosterone is fine. And DHEA is a precursor to testosterone, which is manufactured by cholesterol, if you're talking about the whole, whole cascade. But, um, yeah, sorry. I get very passionate about that because it just really up, really upsets me because I hear stories every single day of, can you look at my labs? Sure. And they send it to me and it's like, this is so incomplete. It's like I did FMS and I did, you know, straight leg raise and rotary stability. That's great. You know, you're telling me partial data. This doesn't tell the whole picture. I don't know why you wouldn't want the complete picture, but, you know, I do. <laughs> Definitely. I tell people like your body is like a giant puzzle piece. Like the more information you can get, the better you're going to know how to optimize your body and health. Completely. And I do labs every month. Granted, you know, I have access to that privilege 
being a partner in this company, but I do it every single month just to see where I am. But every time I, if I change my diet or if I know I'm training differently, I, I want to see what that is doing to my body. Cause there's a point where I was dieting really hard and I was like, I totally crashed my thyroid and my thyroid levels dropped, but not as bad as I had thought. So I was like, okay, I'm okay. I'm just being a baby. <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen like bad advice given about hormones and testosterone out in our industry at all? In our industry? Yeah. Um, from trainers? Yeah. I haven't really, I've seen bad advice about steroid usage and um, I've seen, you know, advice about which testosterone replacement therapy to use only because this is what this person is doing and that's what their doctor had them do. Um, you know, I, I guess labeling it bad advice is maybe incorrect advice would be the, the proper term. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of that. I don't think in the training industry, um, people want to know or have studied hormones to the depth that some others have. And, and granted, you know, I always tell people I am not a doctor. Um, I work with one, my partner is one, and this is what we see in our lab because I don't want people to think I'm, I think I'm a doctor, just like any trainer would say, you know, I'm going to do a manual technique on you, but I'm not a physical therapist type of thing. Yeah. What, what's the, um, cause I know I can't remember where I read it or watched or whatever, but if you went to your doctor and you had low, t low testosterone, like what's their method of increasing their testosterone? Is that the replacement therapy? Um, it can be. So the range for testosterone is most labs between 250 to 1100 nanograms per deciliter. And that's a massive range. And I always say in my talks, so if I told you I squat 250 versus I squat 1100, what are you going to be more impressed with? So, um, if, so if you're 251 and you're 32 years old, your doctors could say, well, you're in range and there's nothing I can do, but I feel like shit. Yeah. So that's obviously a problem. And we, we do hear that a lot where, you know, my guys will say, oh, I got my physical did they do testosterone? No. Okay. Go ask them. They get it. You know, he said, I'm in range. There's no free testosterone levels, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, loopy background. So if you're below 500 and you're, you know, in your thirties and forties, even fifties, okay, maybe there's some stuff that we need to figure out, but mostly it's going to be lifestyle related and understanding, all right, are the hormones that are signaling for the production of testosterone working properly? If they're not, then maybe they're a, a candidate for testosterone replacement. And there's a lot of good things about it. Um, and it's the delivery method that uh, some doctors prefer that could be the issue if it's not injectable. We like injectable um, because that's the purest form. There's just, you can't make money off a hormone. And pharmaceutical companies created alternate delivery systems via creams and gels and patches and stuff like that. And those all have their, uh, flaws. Some of them have positives as well, but they don't, they tend to, in a general aspect, not bring the levels up as high as we'd like to see, nor does it get, um, nor does it turn into the type of testosterone we want. It actually gets converted more towards a testosterone that causes hair loss. So also it has, a host of other issues with it. So in other words, we prefer, we prefer injectable. 
Okay. Now you're really, um, you're really smart with this stuff. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, you know, let's address your lifestyle first. Cause I mean, we do have guys who come in, they're like, I want to go on growth hormone. I want to go on testosterone. You know, I want the kitchen sink. And it's like, dude, do you sleep? Like, do you lift? Like, what are you eating? You know, because alternatively, if you know, you, you fix testosterone by adding testosterone that could make stuff wor- uh, worse that may not solve the problem. Yes, you're replacing a hormone that you're deficient in, but if your body isn't producing it, there's a reason. Let's figure out that reason first because we don't treat what's on the paper. We don't look just at the paper. It's, okay, these are your levels, yes, but what's going on in your life right now and what is your lifestyle like? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was going to ask, what's your opinion about naturopathic doctors? I like them. Okay. Um, one of my good friends, Jade Tita, who I've learned a ton from, he's a naturopath out in California who knows a ton about uh, hormones. And, you know, a lot of them are very smart. Um, I wish I could get my degree in that so I could be a doctor because uh, right now I just play one on TV. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I remember because. Um, two of my best friends were about to graduate and just learning so much from them. And the big thing I learned from them is when they get their, you know, blood work or labs from their patients and the ranges that, you know, regular medical doctor says like, Oh yeah, you're okay. Don't worry about it. A naturopathic doctor will look at that and like, actually this is pretty low in my opinion. And then they look at like the thyroid, the testosterone levels and everything like that. And then they start treating it because with a regular medical doctor, if you're not, you know, at zero, they're not going to pay attention to you. Yeah. It, you know, obviously you have to find one that, you know, is going to work with you. So there are some functional medicine doctors that want to treat everything with just herbs and that's fine. I think having a blend of conventional and functional works really well because you kind of understand, all right, this is the needs of the person for their lifestyle, but also, you know, all right, there's only so much we can do naturally Um, and that's what we try to do is to take care of both because, you know, at some point when someone gets old enough, testosterone replacement is a phenomenal idea. I mean, why not? And I also like, um, the naturopathic, um, degree because they also, um, kind of teach their students to counsel their patients. Whereas Mm -hmm. a lot of medical doctors, it's like, you get, you know, the 10 to 15 minutes and then like, that's it. There's no like... I'm going to help guide you through this like area area in your life where it's kind of, you know, making you depressed maybe, or you're not feeling that comfortable and they just want a more like kind of like a personal feel. Whereas, yeah, the regular medical system, yeah, you get your short little visit and you're supposed to spill out everything that's going on to this like stranger almost. Right. Well, that's where, cause you know, the healthcare here is because they're so, they're such slaves to the, health insurance that they have to see so many patients during the day. That's why concierge medicine is becoming a little bit more popular because of the time involved. And these doctors, they get handed the blood work from the nurse and they're looking at the paper and they're treating off the paper. Oh, you're, you have this, take this medicine. You have this, take this medicine. Um, whereas yeah, the consults with a functional medicine doctor tend to be longer and everything. Cause most of them are cash based as well. Um, I'm actually sitting right now for the functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner course, which allows me to do, um, consults and stuff legally, I guess you would call it, um, 
for this type of thing as close to being a doctor, I guess, as I can. Oh, wow. Um, and cool. they have their they have their own labs and everything with you know um, saliva and whatnot, but we don't do saliva. But you know, being able to counsel a patient through that type of stuff is huge because there is a big psychological component. Just like in training, you really have to understand the person. You have to understand what they're going through. You know, because if a guy just had a baby, his testo- his testosterone is not going to be optimal. So you can't say, oh, well, you're not optimal. So let's put you on replacement therapy, but you know, you're 28 and just had a child. So, you know, there could be a reason because of a life event why they're lower. And I think um, the whole, like, having more personal, like, experiences with a doctor, like, um, what's his name, um, Dr. Spencer Nadelsky, he, mm-hmm. he just told me that he actually quit his job in the hospital and went completely online to take patients. Yeah. Because he actually likes to actually, you know, talk with the person and get to know them and then figure out what's going on in their life. And then that's the best way he can treat. And I think when I saw him on Facebook, when he announced that he's taking patients online, I think it's sold out within like 24 hours. So there's definitely a market for more like private and personal care out there, which is like Mm -hmm. amazing. And hopefully that's kind of the direction that, you know, the medical field might go into. Yeah. I actually talked to my business partner this morning about it. I mean, he's got a thriving practice here in Greenwich as well, but there's, you know, you have, obviously, I don't know the workaround with that, but you have to be licensed in certain States and stuff. Um, but online obviously is where a lot of things can be taken. And, you know, that's why I have business online where, you know, it's not just training and nutrition coaching. It's also, lifestyle is what I call it, but I can, I know how to read labs cause I've been, I do it every week and I consult with my partner all the time. So, um, you know, understanding how to guide somebody and what questions to ask their doctors and, you know, being an advocate for their health is huge because nobody knows the questions to ask. And especially when they're getting tested, they don't know what they need, you know, and they don't know why they need it. And if you can help guide them down that road, then it becomes very valuable to somebody. Perfect. Um, what's like kind of your like training recommendations for guys who just want to pack on a lot of muscle? Like what would you recommend days per week and what lifts should they be following and things like that? Um, so for those guys, you know, I, you have to address their diet too, to make sure they're eating enough to add muscle mass. And you also have to explain to them that it takes a long time. Um, I have a guy who he's been training three years with me, has made an incredible transformation, but he's like, so I think I'm like done putting on muscle. And I'm like, dude, you've been training for three years. Like, stop. (laughs) Um, you know, so having the understanding of how long it actually takes to build muscle and build a frame and build what you're looking for. And it's kind of like a reality check is very helpful. Um, you know, at least four days a week. So, you know, some people can get away with less to start, obviously, depending on the training age. Um, I personally like to have them incorporate a compound lift where it's a variation of deadlift, squat, press, and a pull. And then um, circuit some stuff through with some a mix of hypertrophy and some bodybuilding as well as powerlifting. So I blend, I guess. I do like a modified west side with uh, movement pattern circuits with my people and then obviously make sure that they're on point with their diet. 
awesome. and monitor, monitor body composition and blood work. Now, the other question I was going to ask, because I just thought of it now, did you ever read uh, John Romanello's Engineering the Alpha? I have it. I haven't read the whole thing. Okay. Uh, have you read a little bit into it at all? Yes. What, what do you think of it so far? Because like, you're probably the one that will have a great opinion on it. Uh, to be honest, it was like when he first came out with it, I don't even remember. <laughs> Okay, so I can't, I, it's like, it's like with movies. I mean, I'm, I'm the worst with movies. Like people are like, did you see this? Remember, remember that quote was from this movie. And I'm like, I have no idea. And I could have seen the movie 12 times. I just wouldn't remember. <laughs> That's awesome. I am like the complete opposite of, with movies. I can watch it once and I can like recite this random lines through it. And it could be like, I saw the movie nine years ago. <laughs> Useless yeah. talent, useless talent of mine. I think, I think it's a guy thing because literally all my guy friends talk in movie quote and I'm like, oh, really? And they're like, what's that from? And I'm like, you know, I thought you are talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is a guy thing because like, I've done that with like, other male clients where, yeah, you recite movie lines and you're like, are you having a conversation? It's like, no, no, we're just like, talking through the movie. <laughs> that, that's how men communicate very well through movie, <laughs> yeah. movie quotes, videos, like YouTube videos and memes. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's how we express our emotions. <laughs> yeah, which is totally fine. I'm used to that now. I mean, like, I get it. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I'm going to go last question because we're getting close to an hour and I know you need to go. Um, where can people find you online? Do you have any projects coming up? Speaking engagements, products, things like that. Go just plug away. Um, yes. Yeah, so I will be speaking at Perform Better Providence this year and I will be talking about optimizing male hormonal output. And it will be the way that we do it here at the lab and what I do personally with my clientele via nutrition training and biochemistry. And I will be speaking in Dallas in two weeks at the Raider project, which is a transition seminar for guys who are coming out of the military. Um, and then I'll be in August, I'll be down at Fort Bragg talking to a bunch of special ops guys, um, about, male biochemistry as well. And people can find me at metabolicgolf.com, Metabolic Golf on Facebook, Allie Gilbert on Facebook, and uh, Metabolic Golf on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. So thank you so much for all your time. This was amazing. Well, thank you. I love doing this stuff. Um, and, you know, I tell people all the time, feel free to hit me up with questions. There's no such thing as TMI in my world anymore. <laughs> I talk about it all. So, fire away. Okay, so that's going to wrap up episode 46 with Allie Gilbert. Um, if you have questions, feel free to email me at rafael at empowerhp.ca. Um, hit me up on social media. Share this podcast. Check out the website. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>